0: You press record, bro. Anyway, yo, 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 welcome back to the Jacksonian. This is Dorian at All L Dorian on Twitter at Dorian Doug on Instagram. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Smooth.
1: My Instagram name is in Spanish. It will be in the bio. I still don't know my Instagram at name. underscore
0: underscore c r e s c e r e underscore underscore. We don't have to learn it from Marlon. I, I, I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Man, what's going on, man? Man, nothing, bro. Nothing at all. Bro, it's been a, a long weekend. I've been bored as hell. It's been a hell of a week, apparently. Why you say that? Just in the world.
1: What I've been seeing. What you see? Talk to me. Talk to me. Well, you done heard about that T.I. Time the story. I'm not going to get too deep into it. when you had the conversation off air. But from what I've seen, it's a lot going on, man. It's a lot of no. it's a lot of he say, she say, but I'm going to say this. I just hope, I, I wouldn't think that T.I. is that type of guy. You hope that it's false allegations. I really do, bro, because I, I respect T.I. as a person. I watch his podcast, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I really respect him as a person. Mm-hmm. It may be his vernacular, but the man vocabulary is exquisite. It's exquisite, especially when you come from the hood. But, you know... <clears throat> I really hope everything work out, work itself out with that. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't wish bad blood on anybody, and I definitely hope that those young women get the retribution they deserve because nobody deserves to go through that. I just hope that whoever really did it gets the actual repercussions,
0: whoever that may be. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I ain't got much to say about it. Uh. I I I I'm kind of where you at, so I feel like I'd be kind of, dang, well, I'm messing with that. I'd be kind of being repetitive for what you're saying, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I just one of those situations where, um, you got he say she say, and uh, you just don't want to be on it the, the opposite side of it. You don't want to be on either side until you till you figure out what's going on. What's going on. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh. But. I, I did see some crazy stuff too. Now that we we discussing it, so for those who don't know, there's a, a story about a, um, a stepmom and a mother in uh port Gip- from Port Gibson, Mississippi. Mm. So basically, uh, the story the story goes the there's a mother married to a husband, right? the said husband got her and another woman pregnant simultaneously. So... So is this a stepmom or is this a mistress type situation? The He's married to a woman. Okay. He got a mistress pregnant. Okay. All right. So, um, long story short, the mother eventually, quote-unquote, accepts the child and then the child mysteriously dies, right? And then the autopsy comes back and says that um, the baby died due to blunt force trauma to the head. And apparently the baby was here five times. So the lady got sentenced to life in prison. Um, and she So just, which lady got sentenced to life in prison? The actual, the, the, the woman he was married to okay. got sentenced to life in prison. They fled to New Orleans and... Got a call from their lawyer, which basically told them to turn themselves in. And this is gonna be a short episode today, too, y'all, because we got uh, some editing and stuff to do. But I'm going to tell the story. All right. I'm, I'm gonna read the tweets. This is allegedly the story from the mother's, I mean, the white, the the wife's point of view. That's that's locked up, incarcerated from the the woman who. Quote unquote, accepting the child from her point of view. Yes. Okay. So, let me read all the tweets. I'm going to read all of them. So, for those that don't know, because this happened in Port Gibson, Mississippi, so I'm going to tell everybody the story so you won't have to go and try to do further research. This is from um, the, the alleged killer herself. This is the wife, and this story has been retold by her best friend. So, the tweet says, I am Takia Beverly and I was a devoted mother, wife, daughter, sister, aunt, nurse, and much more up until I was wrongfully convicted and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Here's my story, and it has in parentheses retold by my best friend. Um, I know Marlon, this is the first time hearing it, right? Yeah. So, um, this is the first tweet, she said, I married the man of my dreams, July 2016, and relocated to his hometown, Port Gibson, Mississippi which is one of those small quote-unquote everyone-knows-everyone towns with approximately 1,200 citizens. So while in Port Gibson, I worked at a nursing home overnight while pregnant and later switched to working at a local school as a school's nurse. She said while adjusting to PG, which is short for Port Gibson, one day I randomly received a prank message stating that my husband fathered the child before our marriage. After swallowing this huge pill, I went to him and asked him about it. He confirmed it to be true. Of course, I was devastated. I was currently pregnant and had just learned my husband possibly had a child. I could not stand not knowing, so I immediately encouraged him to contact the mom, the mother and suggested we get a paternity test, and she put in parentheses. I felt that if the baby wasn't yours, what's to worry about? And if she is, she deserves a dad. The bio mom had no form of transportation at the time, and no one in her corner would would take her. So I volunteered to take both the bio mom and the daughter. Uh, excuse me if I mispronounce it. Mispronounce it it's Juraya. Juraya. Just J U R A Y A H. To get tested in the city over. She said we waited. I was conflicted by the bio mom, not my husband, confirming that the husband indeed fathered her baby. I immediately asked her when could we get to her and if she needed anything. From then on, we established a healthy relationship and she put in parentheses or so I thought, co-parenting relationship. She says, don't get me wrong. This was was a huge blow for me, but I never held any ill intentions towards the bio mom or Jariah. They were not the ones who, who, who were at blame. My husband was the only person in his equation responsible for me. Right? Yeah. That's true. So she said, I decided to stick with my husband. Um, this was tough on me, especially considering I am still pregnant, learning learning all of this. But we prayed and turned to God, um, which worked this out. So she says, so a typical day for us would be uh Morris, that's his name, the husband name. Morris? Yeah, Morris. Okay. Teaching throughout the day. I worked overnight and the bio mom worked as a car hop at Sonic. We set up a group chat and tag team parenting. On days the bio mom had to work, I would get off work. Sometimes I would take her to work, keep dry for the day. Uh, she said we both live, we both love to take naps, and Morris would step in after school, which was usually the time I start getting ready for work. And she attaches a um, a screenshot that says um, the husband just pretty much saying she just woke up. Look how happy it is, and she said, "Yeah, that's how it should be." Basically, um, She said everything was smooth for the most part. Me and the me and the bio mom even established a relationship outside of the husband, my husband. She said, "We communicated often, and often I would turn her. I would take her to run her errands. I'm sorry. So often she would take the, Jiraiya's mom to run errands. Yeah, my mind went somewhere else. Yeah, with yeah. that relationship. All right, go ahead. This was what worked for us. The only thing that I addressed with the bio mom was for her to be more considerate. She says that the bio mom developed a a pattern of asking us to take Jariah, only to learn that she would be out partying. Hmm. Mind you, I'm still very pregnant and working full time overnight as a nurse at the time. Our our Jariah, well, this is the this is the the um, the alleged killer. She says our Jariah was very active in the life of the party. I loved her almost instantly. After getting, after getting her for some time, I decided to share with my close friends. Um, and she says that she told her immediate family about the child from day one, and that we now have a daughter. And she attaches a picture of her and her daughter. And she says, everyone was supportive of our decision. I then decided to plan a cookout to formally introduce Jay, in quotes. That's what she put, she said, um, to our families. She said, our families both fell in love immediately with the the daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, She she attaches a picture of the crib in her house and she says, Mm -hmm. our little family was unconventional, but it was ours. Mm -hmm. We purchased our first home together and we transformed that house into a home. Mm -hmm. I went into overtime working because I wanted to buy double of everything for our girls. They deserved that. So she was having a daughter too? Yes. Okay. Um... As my pregnancy progressed, our arrangement had to be re- reworked. I literally had less energy. So we went from getting Jariah almost any time we wanted to only during the times that her husband would be home to assist fully. Mm-hmm. And then she attaches a, a picture of the two children. She says, Jariah uh, and, her, and her now uh, newborn daughter. She says, after our baby girl was born, we temporarily agreed to do every other weekend I needed time to adjust to working and having a newborn baby. Gerard was about eight or nine months when her sister was born. I eventually found my motherly balance. Mm -hmm. She said, Father's Day weekend, I decided it was time to share our family with our extended family Mm -hmm. and Facebook friends. People had their questions, but I was truly in a place of peace. This was my family and I didn't have to make sense to others. I'm sorry. It was her family, and it didn't have to make sense to others. Uh Um, And she shows a a behind-the-scenes video of the husband right here uh, with the two daughters. And she said, life was beautiful. I was a successful nurse. My husband was an educator, and we had our two generous girls to raise. And then, she says, then our whole world crashed the weekend of October 20th, 2017. And she put hashtag, I stand with Kia. So, this is where the story gets juicy, as uh-huh. women say. Uh-huh. I don't know if y'all still use that, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> she said, she attaches another thread that says, The weekend of October 20th changed our lives forever. So, um, Kia stays, Kia, which is the, the best friend, th- this is the mother okay. um, that allegedly killed Jariah. Right. Um, so, the, 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 the wife. She says, prior to, we were not getting Gerard as often, but we were still completely active and present in her life. Friday night, while Morris was coaching, I was home with our daughter. I randomly received a call from Danielle. Danielle is Morris's cousin. We grew pretty, pretty close over the course of my marriage. Um, Danielle told me that Gerard was crying nonstop and that she couldn't get her to calm down. I told her to put Gerard on the phone. I, I reminded Gerard that we are big girls and we do not cry. She And Gerard, for those that don't remember, Gerard is the, uh, the, the the daughter of the estranged the woman. The eldest daughter. Yes, the eldest daughter of the estranged woman that her husband had an affair with. Right. So she said that she reminded Gerard that big girls do not cry. She gave an arm hum, which is, she put in parentheses, yes ma'am. And I asked her to wipe her face and stop crying, and she did. And then she attaches a picture of her happy baby. Um, and then Danielle and I went to talk a little while longer because I was confused on why, on how she even had Gerard. And for those who don't remember, Danielle was, uh Morris's cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morris is the husband. So, um, Danielle says that, um, she uh met the bio mom and dropped Jay off with her and she puts P G, which is Port Gibson, from Vicksburg, it's almost twenty to thirty minutes apart. Um, she said when she dropped off Jay, which is Jariah, the bio mom did not have a car seat or a diaper bag to leave with Danielle. So naturally I was ready to go pick her up. But Danielle assured me that she would be that she would be okay and that she would give Jay some old clothes from her daughter to wear. So Basically, they didn't know, um, unbeknownst, unbeknownst. I can't pronounce it. Unbeknownst. Unbeknownst. I I always struggle with that word. Unbeknownst to us, we later learned that Andrew, which is Morris's brother, picked up Jay from Danielle that night and drove baby Jay back to Port Gibson with no car seat. Um, He took her to Danielle's mom's house, which is Antoinette. Uh, Antoinette gave Jariah a bath in the kitchen sink because she felt Andrew had to be monitored kinda weird. Um and Andrew is Morris's brother. So anyways, the next morning while Morris was in town, uh in the in the town over and I was home, he received a call stating that his mom was on her deathbed and that he needed to come to Vicksburg to basically say his goodbyes. So we connected with the family. We were on we were all on our way to Vicksburg but wanted Gerard to go with us because we had a car seat and clean clothes. And she ad- attaches another throwback of uh Gerard and her dad. She says, I grabbed this cute outfit my mom got for her, and we met again at the gas station. We got Gerard from Morris's aunt, and I jumped into the back seat to change her clothes and put her into the car seat. We stayed at the hospital for eight hours that day. While at the hospital, Gerard wanted to be carried to a lot. I mean, carried around a lot. I'm sorry. Um, after so long, she climbed into my lap, and she went straight to sleep, as she always has, and she attaches two pictures of Gerard sleeping. After leaving the hospital, we stopped to get food and headed home. Both girls were in and out of sleep. Once home, we put both girls to bed. Morris and I stayed up a little longer to talk about our day. Like, you can imagine waiting for your mom to die, you know? Mm. So, um, um, she said, I guess that was supposed to be a question. So, she was basically saying, like, could you imagine waiting for your mom to die? Right. Um, so, she says, I couldn't. But I was trying to stay strong for my husband. That was our thing. I'm strong where he, and when he is weak and vice versa. And she says, We were a team. So once we finished talking to Morris, uh, more, once we finished talking, Morris took a shower while I was continuing to get settled in. Uh, Morris got, he goes out, and while I was getting ready to take a shower, we both heard noises coming from the ride. We assumed that she was taking her sleep, talking to her sleep. Wow, I'm messing up, y'all. That alcohol is getting to me. I'm sorry. So, um, basically, Morris, you know, um, got in the shower, and um, they heard Gerard, and they figured she was stopping her sleep. Morris volunteered to go check on her, but I told him to go on to bed, and that I would. So, basically, the mother decided to check on the baby instead of Morris, right? Mm -hmm. So, take note of that. Today was hard for us, especially for him. I just wanted him to rest, so I checked on her, and she was fine. She attaches a picture. And basically the picture is uh, Jariah laying face down in the bed. Uh, You can see it right here. Um, And she put that to say, uh, this is how she would sleep sometimes. And then she said, she showered, got in the bed and went straight to sleep. Early in the morning, about 5 a.m., Morris woke her up saying that he was thirsty. Um, I told him I would grab him something from the kitchen. While getting him something to drink, I stopped to check on Gerard. And um, she's putting parentheses, remind you how a girl loved her naps and was a busy sleeper. So she said, I went to adjust her and I immediately knew something was wrong. I called out. She said, I called out to slash went out to get Morris. Um, she said the nurse was literally in the room over and you had to walk through her room to get to the kitchen. He came, and then that's when we both realized that she wasn't breathing. The nurse and me knew immediately to uh, that there was no sign of life. I knew giving CPR to her would not bring her back. Morris called nine one one, but he was so hysterical that I took the phone from him and and I talked to the first responder. So at this point, they realized that uh, Jariah is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, she said we then called the bio mom. She arrived before help could actually came. I mean, uh nah, she arrived before help actually came, despite us calling them first. When the ambulance and police did arrive, they ruled that there were no signs of foul play. Gerard had no bruising, no swelling, no blood, no nothing. We both called our families, and they traveled all from near and far to be with us. That was the longest and one of the saddest days of my life. While working on funeral arrangements, everyone in the family was was still cordial and leaned on each other for support. Things took another crazy turn until the autopsy came back. Um, So... Um. Basically, initially the autopsy the autopsy was inconclusive. They did not have a definite a definite ruling as far as how she died. The report told us that uh, they ruled out um, suffocation or blunt force trauma. Months went by. We were trying to adjust as best as we could, but honestly, it was tough. As things were beginning to smooth itself out, the official autopsy report came back stating that the manner of the death was homicide slash blunt force trauma, so this is where the it came out um when I was interrogated the second time and learned of this and, and y'all, we' almost done by the way um when I was interrogated the second time and I learned of this um i immediately- i immediately proclaimed our innocence and disbelief and told them that I was willing to take a lot of take the test and had nothing to hide that they did, they declined my invitation of a test and after interviewing us. Uh, things kind of died Things kind of died down again On the legal side But socially we were beginning to become the outcasts In Port Gibson That's what she's talking about Well more so me and my husband Because re- remember he is from this area um, The bio mom began to do interviews And some of Morris's side of the family Began to turn on us We started being harassed And receiving death threats and comments In regard to our daughter At this point we relocated to NOLA uh, because she began receiving death threats and I had my baby boy, V. So I guess she was pregnant. She had a baby. We were searching for peace. Neither of us were able to fully grieve. We lived there almost a year before our lawyer called us telling us that we had to turn ourselves in. Witnesses had testified against us to the grand jury stating that they felt that we had harmed our baby, which is Jariah. I called my family and friends and explained to them to brace themselves for what has what has to come. I told them specific instructions on how to care for our babies while we were away. We traveled home to drop our kids off with our family, and then we traveled to PG to turn ourselves in. She said they had to wait a full week without seeing a judge. Um, and when we were finally able to go before the judge, we were both charged with capital murder, Dang. capital murder, and given a million dollar bond each. We posted our bun and complied. We knew that these allegations were false, so we had no issue complying and allowing the process to take place. For almost three years I held my tongue as my name was dragged through the mud. The week of January 29th, my trial and Morris's uh was to follow the week after. So her trial started, Morris's was his was after. During my trial I learned that the prosecution key expert witnesses testified to changing his initial reports. He stated that he was approached by the prosecution to change the wording of his findings. He also stated that um Oh, okay, I'm sorry. He also stated that had the prosecution not withheld uh information regarding his findings, you know, things would have been different. Um uh, the original report spoke of Gerard as being normal on the surveillance, which was false according to her mother who testified that since learning to walk, Gerard did not want to, she did not want assistance. So as she started to walk, she didn't want help walking. Uh Um, Yet the entire time of the video, Gerard was seen holding her head and not once did she walk unassisted. A medical expert testified that she could not have been holding her head because she might have had a headache prior to the head injury that she knew nothing about, uh, which is her and Morris. Um, We also learned that every key witness and she put in, in parentheses, who happened to have been Morris's family, who all had the baby prior to us getting her, testified against me. This was extremely hurtful to me, especially Danielle. Danielle and I were extremely close. She and Morris were favorite cousins. So for those that forgot, Danielle was the cousin of Morris. Um, Danielle had texted me some time ago that she knew she didn't. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'll kick him up, but I'm finna wrap it up. But Danielle basically texted her and said that uh, she knew that that Kia didn't do it and that uh, she lied to the police. And she said, in all caps, this was presented in court in black and white. She claimed to not have remembered sending me those messages. She also claimed in her messages that the police got in her head so bad, and she put that in quotation marks. Her mom, Antoinette, testified also stating that she had to wash gerard. So wash, as in clean her in the sink because, again, Andrew, which is Morris's brother, was at the home, and he needed monitoring because he was mentally unstable. Remember, Andrew drove Gerard from Vicksburg to Port Gibson with no car seat that same night. The courts reviewed both of my interrogations in which the recount was almost identical. The only discrepancy was the one that I stated that I called Morris and the other stated that she went to get Morris. But in all, all the details were like, I was found guilty within, within 30 minutes. The jury was given three years' worth of circumstantial evidence, including an eight-hour surveillance video provided, where well, proving that Gerard was injured prior to us getting her, and unbeknownst to us. No medical expert was able to... to I'm, I'm almost finished, y'all, I promise. No medical expert was able to clarify a specific timeline on when Gerard's fractures occurred. But they all agreed that they were in the healing stages of the time of her death and could have been two to, day, two to eight days old. Also, our baby was fair skinned. By our baby, she means Gerard. If we had uh, did things that we if we had done the things that we were accused of, there would have been clear markings and bruises the night she died. The body cannot heal once deceased. One medical expert described that Gerard could have been experiencing a lucid interval which is the lapse of time between brain injury and death. Also, I was it testified I mean it was testified in court by one of the expert witnesses that when Gerard passed away she was non-distressed. The jury was provided all of this information and found me guilty in 30 minutes. I was sentenced to I was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole of circumstantial evidence. So riddle me this why weren't the other individuals who had our baby investigated? Why did the prosecu- why did the prosecution withhold information purposely? Why is it that now my husband's trial has been, pro- been postponed? And if we beat our baby, why were there no bruises? And why were we allowed to walk around free? So, that was that. It's a long story, bro. There's a lot of, there's a lot of holes. A
1: lot of holes, a lot of question marks, a lot of really what-the-fuck moments in this story. Being a father, like, I mean, one, I don't see, but I notice everything about my child. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I don't notice what I don't see. Yeah. There's no way me seeing, you said blunt force trauma to the head, correct? Yes, and I later found out he was five
0: five blows to the head
1: one there's no way possible that you didn't that you couldn't see that so to the point where the child passed away though that has to be noticeable in some some way shape form or fashion and
0: by by notice you mean by the uh examiners what I mean even by the parents parents. okay bro like (coughs) I put it like this
1: no I'm straight yeah I put it like this you seen your homeboy the day before, and he got to fight, right. and you notice, it may not be a black eye, but you notice he looks swole, whatever, whatever, Okay. in the face. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, mm-hmm. bro, what happened? Bro, I got into it, whatever, whatever. It's the same thing with children, bro. Like, and, and you're more, it's like your eyes have a magnifying glass on. Them. It's like when I see my baby, I'm examining. I, I examine my daughter just when I see her on FaceTime. So I can only, like when she was here every day, I'm looking at every day I'm trying to I'm looking her up and down. Just trying to make sure. He whether she because sometimes you know kids are clumsy, whatever the case may be. But right. it's like you're not going to not notice blunt force trauma, five blows to your to your daughter's head. I don't even see how that's possible. Especially medical examiners, first responders that's coming on the scene, that are that are literally trained to see this. Mm-hmm. How can they sit there and say that everything was normal and my baby died in their sleep. Now the picture you showed me what I understand I never allowed my daughter to lay face down before she turned like a year old or whatever. That's just a me thing because I know kids can suffocate in their sleep so I thought it was going to be something like that where the child suffocated but blunt force trauma to the head even in the picture that you showed unless that wasn't a picture of that night I believe I'd be able to tell that something happened I don't know who to believe in this in this moment because there's a lot of what is a lot of like holes in the there's a lot of gaps in this story. But as a father, like I I can't imagine that happening to my child. But I go crazy. I was trying
0: to find the video to kind of help back up Um, because I think they interviewed uh, Danielle, the cousin. The, the cousin to Morris, yes. And uh, I don't want to be wrong, so I'm not going to speak on it as far as trying to tie what was said to her. Right. But there was a girl that was interviewed that basically gave three different accounts on... Three different separate accounts on the same story? Yes. Okay. Uh, she said, one time it was, we saw uh, Jariah and she didn't look like Jariah. Yeah, and another one. She said um, she looked fine. They couldn't tell nothing was wrong with her. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that, those are those are things that kind of intensifies it, right? Because now you got the other side that's trying to say that they um that their story is wavering. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you got Kia and her husband who has some consistency going on, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's it's so crazy. Because even the people who did the autopsy, you would see that blunt force when you first do it. Undoubtedly, bro. To the point where the child passes away. Right. You would see that immediately. Right. And I'm not sure what uh, examiners look for when they look for blunt force trauma. I'm not sure what... Happens in the head. I'm not sure if it's a cracked skull. I'm not sure if it's some kind of fluid that's released. I'm pretty sure one of the first
1: things you see is some type, either bruising or some type of swelling. Right. And I
0: just, with a baby, I just can't see a, a examiner not taking an extra look because babies don't typically just die. Unless they have uh, I forgot underlying the conditions or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I think the first thing that people always think of when a baby randomly dies is um, foul play. Mm-hmm. So, it's all, the story is crazy, right? Like, of course, you know, just looking back at it, right? Um, married woman... Because I remember when the story came out, it was just advertised as uh, married woman... Uh, has a ba- has a husband that cheats on her, and mm-hmm. you know she goes and kills the baby. Right, it's a perfect like murder story. Yeah, it's my ID channel shit. Right, and so of course it's easy to say Kia did it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but when you start looking at the the details, also these are her details. Exactly, of course it's gonna be cur- curated to her side. Exactly, but the thing
1: that's baffling to me is not seeing any signs the medical examiner for the most part
0: mm-hmm. not
1: seeing cuz if they did it then of course they're not going to admit to it you know what i'm saying but the if if the first responder comes in they don't see anything wrong with this child and the child is dead either the child has been dead and you reported it like late you know what i'm saying i don't i don't even know how that is i don't know bro that's perplexing to me i don't understand it. <coughs> i really don't But I do know My my child has Had a little bruise On her leg And I'm tripping I can Blunt force trauma To the head bro That is wild I can read to you
0: What uh, (coughs) what The forum says Right here Uh, You see right here Multiple blunt head injury Evidenced by Scalp contusions Resulting in Skull fracture um, Hemorrhage Hemorrhage, yeah. yeah, epidural hemorrhage as well, and that swelling, yeah, and then suffocation of uh, undetermined uh, etology. I don't know, I don't know these fucking words, but I ain't never seen that.
1: Have you seen that word before? We we Which articulate, word? bro. Undetermined.
0: I've seen that word, but I don't know what it means. Yeah, I don't fucking know, but for y'all that may know, um, it's E T L O. L O G Y, and look it up. Yeah, E T L O L O G Y. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna see us on YouTube, so they gonna not wanna leave. So in the meantime, while Marlon is getting that information together, E T L O L O G Y. Yeah. Two hello. All right. Yeah. It's etiology. Oh, that's the eye. I can't see it so blurry. Oh yeah, that's that's the eye. Either I'm drunk or it's just super blurry, but you Manner mean, of causation of a disease or a condition. Okay.
1: So I say one more time. The cause, set of causes, or manner of causation of a disease or condition.
0: Okay. Well, y'all do what y'all want to with that information. Um, me and Marlon aren't trying to pick a side. We just kind of wanted to put that out there and see what you guys think. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think about the story. Um... I just don't get into, especially a parent.
1: I didn't mean to cut you off. But just being a dad, bro, I cannot imagine my child having blunt force trauma to the head and me not noticing that immediately when I see my child. I don't care how tired I am. I don't care how long my day has been. I don't care what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to notice something's wrong with my child. I'm not just gonna put my child to sleep. That's not like I'm gonna give my child some tolerance. I mean, I only think the baby's old enough to take tolerance, but you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, that's not a. I'm gonna leave this situation alone. Something happened.
0: So before we go, are you saying that you think the the married couple was at foul play, or are you saying the biological mother is at foul play? I
1: don't know who's at foul play. I'm not going to pick sides on that. But what I do know is... When you say foul play, do you mean like... Did something? Mm -hmm. Like purposely did something? I don't know. But I do know that no matter what's going on... If you see something going on with a child... You should do something and say something immediately. That's what I'm saying. There's no way... You don't see that type of injury on a baby. We're talking about an infant, bro. Not even a year old. Mm. And you don't see, you don't say something. You don't see, like, come on, bro. I, I, that, that's not believable. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. Something, something happened. Something's going on. Maybe you just got the the blame for it. Maybe your story. Because something I do know <clears throat> is um, when you're telling the truth. Sometimes your memory your memory, can, beca- can become your enemy mm-hmm. because you don't remember everything. Nobody remembers every detail of every situation. Because you're not trying to remember. Exactly. Sometimes the people, from what I understand, especially... Uh, the mischievous people. The mis- mischievous people, when they lie, you have to remember that lie. Mm-hmm. You have to keep that lie going. So you remember every detail. You remember where you was, all this and that because that's not a memory that's something that you made up in your head when it comes down to memories it's like man I don't know where I was Thursday January 17th at 7pm you know what I'm saying yeah but if if I'm making up a story I'm gonna be like okay bro I was here I was doing this I was doing that so I don't know who to believe bro but I do know that there's no way possible being a father that if I that there's blunt force trauma to the point where your child passed away that you don't see something it does not make any lick of sense to me whatsoever.
0: That's crazy. That's ridiculous. I'm talking about the kids, bro. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, y'all be sure to leave y'all um opinions and what y'all think in the comments um below. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us. Uh this is all Dorian on Twitter at Dorian Duxerf on Instagram. I'm here with Marlon Marlin um at underscore underscore CR. E S C E R E underscore underscore sis. he never knows this stuff. I appreciate that, brother. Thank y'all for chiming in with us. We'll see y'all. We'll see y'all soon. For sure.